the ability for us as men. So, I mean, we're talking about men, but everyone also have the right to go on missions. Amen. <clears throat> now, let's pray. Father, we want to thank you. Grace our words with anointing. Confirm your word in the heart of your people. And even as we speak, may you heal the sick, deliver those who are oppressed, and manifest your mighty hand. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Um, I'm going to read Mark chapter 16 as the theme where verse of verses. Mark 16, I'm reading from verse 15. And he said to them, Go ye unto the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Glory be to God. Amen. This is from the King James Version. That Jesus, when he was instructing the disciples about the great commission, and you and I know that it is the great commission is the heartbeat of God. Saving souls for Christ. Is the heartbeat of God. Amen. And my late father, Ida Hosa, said, is the supreme tax of the gospel. Preaching the gospel is the supreme tax. Without the gospel, we will not be here. You and I will not be sitting down here. So, the gospel is very important. And we need to preach the gospel. Amen. So Jesus gave these instructions to the disciples. To you and I that we should go into the world and preach. But the question is that we live in an age that that thing is dying out with us as believers. You know, we'll get born again and rather we we'll begin to focus on other things. Amen. All other things. But we we'll forget that the gospel fits. And Jesus said the gospel must first be preached. The gospel must first to be preached. And we, um, today we have people who don't even have the courage even to invite people, please let's go to church. It becomes a problem. Are you with me? And 
But it should not be so because we have a mandate. Turn to somebody and say, we have the mandate to preach the gospel. That's a, it's a mandate. It's a command. When you read the scriptures, it's a total command. It's like an army general giving a command. Get up, move, reach to that sea. That is all. To preach the gospel to the whole world. And today we're playing with that. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of us, we, we, we can't even preach. Some of us have been born again, but we've not been able to bring one soul to the Lord. And when we go and stand before God, what are we going to say? To us, being born again is for us to enjoy the other things that will follow the gospel. But it shouldn't be so. You and I should be, um, we should make ourselves available and have the burning desire to go out there and preach the gospel. And preaching the gospel is not another time. It's not only in the time of crusade. If you're talking of missions, it's not. You must always be alert. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to share some few, um, uh, some few points with you. What to make you aggressive missionary? Turn to somebody and say, we are all missionaries. And we need to reach out. Put your hands together for the Lord. When I became born again in the 70s, that was 76, precisely, during our time, even one day, if you fail to preach or win a soul, it looks like you've committed some serious sin. You get conviction of the Holy Spirit. That was the spirit in our time. That if one day you fail to talk to, we meet people every day in our offices. We have friends. We have relatives. Amen. Amen. So if Jesus said go to the world, you don't necessarily need to travel to a place particularly. But there are so many people you meet every day. Going to work in the taxis, you meet people. But we are not able to talk to them. Sometimes they can even uh, talk to us about they are frustration and we don't say, oh, it will be alright, it will be alright. Amen. And so, let's look at the scripture's point of view, how we can be effective. Number one, you need to pray. If you want to become effective missionary, not just somebody who just go in as a tourist. There's two things between a missionary and a tourist. You know, somebody just going around, seeing the beautiful things of the city and coming back. But a missionary is with a purpose. Somebody with a mission to go out there and get somebody saved to the Lord. That's you going on mission. You have a mission to accomplish. 
And it needs to be done. Amen. So you need to do what? Pray. Prayer. If you don't pray about saving souls, you can never save souls. It will not be even in your heart. It will not be in your heart. You can grow cold. You know, you can grow very cold in preaching to people. How many of you have experience? I, I do. I do experience. Sometimes, sometimes you don't feel like talking to people about Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. It should be, it, it, it should be a burning desire. No matter your age. No matter your profession. Doctors reach doctors. Teachers reach teachers. Nurses to nurses. So you have no excuse. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of us want to see raising the dead? You want to raise the dead? You want to see that happening in your life? How many of you want to see dead being raised? You prayed for the dead and they are raised. Amen. It's a very exciting uh, thing. Amen. By the grace of God, I've raised nine people. I pray for more than 500 dead, but only nine. <laughs> Amen. But it is part of the gospel. There are some miracles you will never see them unless you are on the missionary trade. There are some signs it will not follow you. Unless you are obedient to go out there and preach to people. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 4. Acts 4. As for we're reading from um, verse 24. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heaven write? And the people imagined vain things. The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and the Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold your threatens, and grant unto thy servant that with all boldness they may speak thy word. You pray for boldness to preach. Boldness to preach. Some of us have the Holy Spirit. We speak in tongues all the time. But we don't have the boldness to preach. 
You are a coward Christian. Sometimes unbelievers are able to convince you with their uh, politics and uh, with their, uh, some of their corrupt theology. And you sit down and, and you become quiet. You can't even talk. When even they are insulting Jesus, you can't even talk. Boldness. So they pray that Lord grant us what? Boldness to speak your word. When I was a student in Takradi, I had a, a friend who was an unbeliever. I was trying to bring him to the Lord. He was also trying to introduce me to girls. Amen. He was all the time, oh, let's go to this place. And he would set me up. Amen. So I determined that we need to settle this. With the gospel, we'll settle it. Amen. And one day, he invited me for a party. So there's going to be a party. And in those days, you know, the young men would blow their hair, would guarantee skin tight, dress. Those of you who know about that. Amen. And he kept on putting pressure. I told him, when I come to your party, I'll spoil your party for you. So I decided to go. And I, I said, well, if you will give me the opportunity to pray and do just five minute presentation with the gospel, that will be fine with me. I said, oh, I mean, he used to call me Holy Joe. Amen. So when the party had about 50, you know, boys and girls, everybody came and I was just sitting down. Then he introduced me, so before we start everything, we have uh, this my friend, you know, Krife guy, he's a holy Joe, uh, he wants to pray, then we start the party. I took over the microphone, closed my eyes, and I began to pray, and begin to preach. You know, there's a way you pray and you preach at the same time. <laughs> oh yes, you, you are praying, but you are preaching the people. I just started it and all of a sudden the Spirit of God came down. I heard some of them crying, screaming, falling. There was commotion in the whole place. People were falling. Some were rolling on the ground and tossing over. And I remember one young guy tried to run out. I locked the door. And people, hey, 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 hey. The landlord came. He was knocking at the door. Banging at the door. What is going on? I said, nothing. We are praying. Some of them were on the floor for about two hours. When they got up, the party was over. <laughs> I have saved souls who received the Lord that day. And today some of them are believers. Boldness. To present the gospel. Boldness at every given time. You know, all that God is going to confirm his word. But we need to be bold to present the word. If we don't present the word, God has nothing to confirm. Because, listen to me, angels don't preach. No. 
If anybody tells you that an angel appeared to me, that I should be born again, no, that angel is not from God. God, the angels are not allowed to preach. The preaching has been given to us, the believers. We preach. I remember years ago, a young man, he was working with customs and he was a believer, all right. Somebody cast some juju spell on him and was losing his mind. And I mean, uh, all, he was going through all kinds of horrific things. So he was asked to go home and sort himself out. And then this young man was praying and asking God for deliverance. All of a sudden, he saw an angel. You know, from, there's a town close to assume it's called Abem. That's where this young man was. An angel appeared to him and said, young man, you've been crying. But I'm here. We, the angels, we don't heal. But we know there are some people. And the angel gave my name, my address. I used to stay along the motorway. And even directed where they can get to me. It was 3 a.m. They chartered a taxi and came to knock at my door. Amen. Thank God he got delivered. Now he's in the U.S. Now with a master's degree. You know, so healing, preaching the gospel, all these responsibilities have been given to we, the believers. And it's part of the missions. When we go out to preach, then God begins to confirm His word. Put your hands together for the Lord. Boldness to preach the gospel. If you want to see signs and, and the Bible says, and these signs shall follow those that believe. If you don't go out there, you will not see the sign. Go to the villages alone and see. Then you see signs. I was in the city, Benin City. And one day the archbishop sent for me through my senior pastor. I thought I had done something wrong. He said, no, you are on an emergency transfer. I'm sending you to a village. I got to a place called Orenigbe. If we have any Nigerian who is from Edo, any Nigerian here from Edo, Oweedo, okay. There's a place called Orenigbe. It is the capital city of um, what we call Olokungo. When you, you say Olokun, it's a, a marine spirit. Very destructive spirit. Amen. I was sent there because the pastor there, you know, when he got there, he got involved in farming. He was not taking care of the church. And some demons one day appeared and he was beaten physically. It's not a joke. That's all. And he was dying. He lost one of his sons. And while the guy was at the hospital, I was sent there. I mean, it's a place when you talk of juju. You know, you know when somebody is talking about men can change into God, don't doubt it. All. It's, it's possible. But only through the powers of the enemy. Amen. When I got there, the church was almost dying. So I started going around preaching. 
the gospel must first be preached. The gospel must first be preached. And we need to develop passion to preach the gospel all the time. Amen. So I started preaching. I had a few converts. And then I started Holy Ghost Baptism. This brings me to, you know, a mission that is being led by the Holy Spirit. There are some missions you will be launched into by the Holy Spirit. You won't plan it even. You won't even plan it. The Holy Spirit will just launch you. And we can see that in Acts chapter 16. Paul and, uh, and his team, they had planned to go to another place to preach. When they went to go there, then uh, the Holy Spirit said, No, don't go to this place. Come to Bethania. Uh, uh, they went to Bethania and they said, No, come to this place. And finally, they landed at where? Philippi. Where the jailer was saved. This is Holy Spirit-led missions. Amen. And sometimes, these ones, you don't plan it. But you are led by the Spirit of God to reach out to people. Because you have the desire. When I got to the place, I started Holy Ghost Baptism with a few converts. And they received the Holy Spirit Baptism. But for two weeks, I remember two ladies were speaking in tongues. They were not eating. So the parents went to the police and reported that I've given them some substance. And the police arrested me and I was put in cells. Holy Ghost baptism leading you to police cells. And news went around because I was burning idols, destroying juju and everything. So news went around that oh, that two known Ghanaian pastor have been arrested by the police. And we were having a revival that evening. And my wife was leading the service. So I asked the police officer, uh, what is my charge? He said, I'm even trying to think the kind of charge. <laughs> then I said, sir, can I suggest something? Let's go to the service so that I will demonstrate what I did. For you to have something to write. I said, oh yeah, that's a nice idea. But, but you will go on the police escort. So he sent two policemen to follow me to the cell. One took charge of the exit there and another one here. Then they said, oh yeah, that means go on. I thought everything and I started praying and the power of God came down. You know, the power of God came down. So many things were happening. So one of the policemen saw he wanted to run away. The Holy Spirit knocked him down. And the other one ran out quickly. He went and told the boss that, Sir, let's leave the guy. He's loaded with fucking power. Let's leave him. And listen, because the, the, uh, there was information that the police... 
uh, have arrested me and they are bringing me to the church. A lot of people, that day the church was packed full. So after I told them, I said, if you don't know, you go out and you don't come to church again, something is going to happen to you. My church was filled one day. It was full. Hallelujah. Missions. When boldness. You know, we need both. If you want to see signs and wonders follow, it takes boldness. So, the disciples already they had the Holy Spirit baptism. So, the prayer that they prayed is that, Lord, grant us what? Boldness. Grant us boldness. People are hurting. It will take your boldness for you to speak to somebody. It will take your boldness to speak to somebody. And when you take a bold stand for the gospel, God will follow you with signs and wonders. Put your hands together for the Lord. They have a season that they will buy cows and everybody in that town will be living to buy six cows or seven cows to go and sacrifice to a local. And I stood, I said, nobody will pay a damn year. No church member. So I was reported to the uh, chief palace. I was arrested one more time. You know, boldness to preach the gospel will always bring God's best to the church. And then they said they are going to expatriate me from the town. Repatriate me. Sorry. And they do that, they have something they call in Google. That means masquerade. In the night, they come with knights and, and just drive you. And anything can happen. They can kill you. I stood there, I said, nobody, God brought me here. And nobody would take me out of this town. The days were coming. So there was tension. We used to have a Christian council, a local Christian council there. So they arranged a meeting with me. And uh, before then, I told them that by my own, according to my own words, I've locked heavens and there will be no rain. For six months, the farmers needed, they needed rain. And there was no rain. So there was tension, and I, I trust um, our brothers from Nigeria, the believers, I trust them. There was tension. The unbelievers were preparing with their guns, machete, to drive me out of the town. The Christians were also preparing with their guns. They said, then to, hey, something will happen here. I told them God will settle this issue. So there was last meeting that was called by the Christian Council at the Chief Palace. Then I told them, Do, if they will only say, God is the one who can bring the rain, and they believe in God, I will pray and the rain will come. It's simple. I said, oh, if, if that one, oh, yeah, we believe, it's God. All of them, they are set. I said, by tomorrow, one o'clock, the rain will come. Exactly one o'clock, it rained. Bishop Gentile wrote this in uh, Redemption Hour magazine. This story featured. It rained as never before. 
boldness to preach the gospel. Boldness to preach the gospel. When we take a stand for the gospel, God will do amazing things in our lives. Put your hands together for the Lord. Boldness to preach the gospel. And, not, and, and the, he said, Lord, grant us what? Boldness. And for the Holy Spirit, we have it. But you can have the Holy Spirit and you'll be hiding. Amen. I say you can have the Holy Spirit and still be hiding. Boldness to preach. In one of the places that I was posted to, there were a lot of armed robbery going. Almost every day somebody's killed. Daylight. So my senior pastor even suggested that I should leave the place. I said, no. God brought me here. He will take care of me. And went around. I was preaching all over the place. And people were getting saved to the church. Amen. And something happened. One day, my landlord invited me. He said, Pastor, why have you decided to bring armed police to guide you every night without informing me, the landlord? It's a compound house. And every night, you will see two armed police at my door. Then I said, oh, I, I don't know anything about it. I said, no, no, pastor, say the truth and shame the devil. <laughs> I said, I, 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 don't, I don't know them. I said, ah, my wife asked them, they said, we are here because of you. Then I got that they are angels of God. When you begin to preach the gospel, especially risky places, God will send his angels to protect you. They will guide you, they will keep you from your way. I stayed in that place and I remember one um, morning devotion. We got up around about 4 a.m. And we saw the policeman. So I started around, officer, please, officer, I want to talk to you. And the more I tried, they just vanished from sight. You see, because the gospel is so close to the heart of God. And if any man will spend his life and time to preach the gospel, God will protect you. God will stand with you. Go out there and preach the gospel. You don't know. You know, sometimes we get to a place and we become very judgmental as believers. So because we are judgmental, we can't preach to the sinners. You need to love sinners. Jesus loved them. Amen. I was in Germany in a place called Oberhausen. And, you know, they have women into prostitution there. 
And you know, sometimes when we meet the pastors, begin to condemn. You know, sometimes we condemn the attitude of people, but we don't do anything. The gospel is the solution. So I started, and it will take boldness to see a pastor in a red district. They call the red, red light. It will take boldness. And I'll go with my clerical. I started talking to them. And they have uh, what they call kimpins. You know, you see them. Strap. Sometimes when they see that you're there, then they come. Hey, my friend, what's the problem? So no problem. And some of them are Ghanaians and we're speaking in a local dialect. So we are just sharing something here. And some ladies were saved. Became born again. It takes boldness. Say, Lord, grant us what? Boldness. Grant us boldness. May the Lord give you boldness to preach the gospel. I say, may the Lord give you boldness to reach out to sinners. May the Lord give you boldness. So when you miss somebody in the taxi, you have the ability to talk to the person. Sometimes we want to talk, but hey, if, I, if I, I preach and the person will not, will not believe, it is not up for you to judge. I preached to a young man. He was a tailor. And that young man was very profane. I was in his job preaching and he was saying so many things. People that even were he, are listening to me, he used profane to drive all of them away. Amen. In two years time, I went to a place I was holding a crusade and somebody came. He said, can I interpret for you? I said, oh no, I already. He said, do you know me? I said, no. You remember the tailor that you came to the shop and he was saying all those evil things? I said, oh yes, yes. He said, it's me. He said, from that day, I couldn't sleep. From that day, I couldn't sleep because of the words. You know, I was hearing your voice. So you preach to somebody and you may think that, oh, the person... The person may even make him mockery. Don't worry. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. I say it is what? The work of the Holy Spirit. Your part is to preach the word. All that God expects you to do, spread the word. Spread the word. I met a Muslim and it was argument. Tough one. You know, it was a tough one. I went to college seminary. So when I became born again, I tried reaching out to those from the seminary. And I had six guys that were arguing with me about the Holy Spirit. I said, okay, let's go inside and test it. And they received, you know. And one of them was a friend to this Muslim. So the guy came and said, oh, I don't believe in all these, all these things. I don't. I said, so you don't believe that Jesus is alive? He said, oh, I don't believe. Oh, he went to India. He was, 
I said, Jesus will show himself to you. Sometimes we need to be bold and present the word as it is. And God will back it. One thing that I found with God, when we are bold and we, we stand with the word of God, he will definitely prove himself. The following morning, I, I, all that I did, I said, okay, let me pray for you. Jesus will appear to you. The following morning, this guy came. He was crying. He said, I've seen Jesus. I was in my room. Jesus came. He opened his arms. He said, look at my eyes. And I couldn't look at him. He is alive. Please, I want to be baptized. And that day, he was baptized. There was, um, in one of my sessions, there was a, a lady that my wife, during antenatal, led this lady to Christ. But the husband was into a deep occult. Deep occult. And the man was so angry. And every day, when the lady returned from church, the man would beat mercilessly, continuously. The lady reported, I said, I want to meet you. I said, no, no, no. My husband is a very violent man. Pastor, I don't want you to come. I said, no, I want to meet him. So one day, one evening, I was with about three brothers, and we heard the lady screaming, help, help, help. He's killing me. Oh, he's killing me. We went there. This man was beating the wife and had stepped on her with a big stick. So we stepped in and said, Mr. Molly, what is wrong? He said, yes, you are the pastor. Now you've come to meet my house. Wait for me. He went inside and brought matches. You know, there was a wall behind. All the brothers <laughs> ran away. And I was left alone. And this man was facing me. I began to pray in tongues. And all of a sudden, I saw him turning this way, turning this way. Then it's like convulsion. And he fell with the matchet. I took the matchet. I said, Mr. Molly, it's my turn. He said, please, Pastor. Please, Pastor, mercy. Have mercy on me. The man got born again. And you know, the following morning, you know, I took the wife to one of our sister's house and went to the following morning. The man crawled on his knees, came to my gate, pleading, Pastor, where is Pastor? I came around. My wife pleaded. He said, oh, please, just go and pray for the man. I led him. The man took me on his motorbike. Just when I led him to Christ, straight to the river. Today, he's a pastor. (laughs) Boldness to preach the gospel. Boldness. We are not doing much. As believers, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to, I mean, we are too cautious. There is power in the word of God. And when we declare the word, he will stand. Amen. There was a man, the daughter became born again. And this man was 
one of the kingpins in Juju. He had about three bedrooms full of all kinds of wicked and powerful Juju spirit. This man got angry, took the Bible of the daughter and said, if your Jesus is alive, I'm putting your Bible in a fire. Let your Jesus come and take the Bible. Then I will believe. He poured kerosene on the Bible and the Bible burnt. But listen, when he went to bed, anytime he closes his eyes, he will see himself in the flames of fire. For two years, he couldn't sleep. God is alive. You know, this God, nobody should joke with this God. You know, sometimes when people are talking and that, sometimes I sit there and say, ah, these people, they don't know. And sometimes when we are quiet, God will not fight. That's what our father, the Hosea, told us. Oh, no. God will not come down and speak. That's why he put you there. Are you with me? And for two years, this man, and the man was living just about four houses away. And I was preaching. I'm down preaching, come to Jesus. One night, this man, around 2 a.m., somebody came to him. He had covered himself. And they had warned us because of armed robbers, we don't have to come out. Pastor, he was calling, Pastor, please, Pastor. So I, I came out to the gate. I said, Pastor, please open the door. I want to tell you something. Open it. And I knew I burned Bible. See, the time where I take put Bible for fire, my body every day I day inside fire. For two years now. I need help, Pastor. I go all kinds of juju men, all of them around. Nobody is able to help me. I said, receive Jesus. The man received Jesus. I prayed. Just a simple prayer. I said, go back tomorrow. He came early morning dancing. That, wow. And the man gave his life to Christ. And he was a very big juju man in the area. So when people heard that he had received Christ, we received a lot of souls. The gospel must first be preached. The gospel must first be preached. And you, it's exciting. Look, when you are preaching the gospel, it's, it's exciting. The things that God will do, it's so exciting. When you are preaching the gospel, you will see God backing you with his powers. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Let's read Acts and then I'll pray with you. Acts chapter 16. Missions. We need to be up there. Somebody there. There's somebody who is behaving violently, but he's the next apostle Paul. Until you receive the gospel. Then you know. There are people who need to be saved. But it will depend on how. We need to be very aggressive. Look, when it comes to the preaching, you don't have to be dull. You need to be very aggressive. 
in presenting the gospel. Believe in what you are saying. Not that, oh please, uh, you know like, oh Pacho say, oh, Jesus uh, very apologetic and that. No. You preach the gospel with power. Because it is the power of God through salvation. Our souls will be saved. Amen. Tonight, I want to challenge you. Now, let's read the scriptures. Acts 16. In verse 6. Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. You know, there are places the Holy Spirit can... You, you don't feel like preaching. And especially when you pray for the Holy Spirit to lead you, it makes it very easy. Sometimes there are places you will labor. Amen. But the places that the Holy Spirit will lead you. And sometimes we need to, apart from boldness, we need to pray that the Holy Spirit Lead me. Lead me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, lead me. And as you pray that prayer, the Spirit of God will lead you. Amen. So, the Holy Spirit, though He wants us to preach at every place, but here, He said, the Holy Spirit forbade them. Don't preach here. Amen. After they were come to Mysia, they are said to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit suffered them not. You know, they wanted to go to another place. The Holy Spirit said, no. Don't go to that place. If we want to get good results, sometimes we need the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that is what I'm saying that the first thing you pray for boldness. Ask for the boldness you need it. Ask for boldness you really need it. Amen. Because some of the things, especially those that will go on missionary field, the things that you meet, you need boldness. Ask for boldness. I remember um, the church people, uh, somebody gave uh, uh, for, uh, some land for me for farming and there was a tree mahogany tree very big one so we decided to cut the tree and use the plants for the church building amen and then they have witches society people that ordain as witches you know and they send a message that they've heard that I want to uh, fell that tree and that I should not touch it. And the message came. Um, I was asked to report at the cheese palace that that tree is evil tree, so I shouldn't touch it. And and with me, when you do that, <laughs> then <laughs> the thing you say I shouldn't do. That's what I. That's where my boldness comes. Amen. 
I said, no, the tree, we are going to use it to roof our church. And the tree will go. So one man who was in one of the occultic group and got born again, offered to um, cut the tree for us using chainsaw. We went around, sang, and then we prayed. Then the brother started, was cutting the tree. The wife was cutting, one woman came. He had a red colicle on, his, on her hand and he was cursing, speaking words, chanting. Amen. Then all of a sudden, the, the, the tree got to the breaking edge and normally to follow the direction of the wind. But here, it was still. And were eight people around. Then the tree started dancing around. I've never seen anything like that. So all of us, we took, <laughs> we took cover, everyone. And he fell on the operator and killed him instantly. And we had two ladies among us. They started screaming, shouting. So I got up and said, shut up. No one is dead here. I called the brothers. They were all standing. They were free. They couldn't move. I have never used a saw machine before. I picked it. It was still running. Because the tree was on the brother. I have never used, but how I caught it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit. I called them, come, let's take the pieces away from me. The body. We pull it. The brother was gone. Blood from the nose, eyes stayed. Everything. Then there was crowd from the town that somebody is killed. And great crowd coming. Amen. The devil said, you, Adam, and said, today you will see something here. Hallelujah. I prayed. I remember I used Elisha's method. Nothing happened. And as if eternity was passing. I tried another method. I used Elijah one. It didn't. I used Peter one kneeling down. Then the Holy Spirit said, call his name back to life. Just say, Sunday or giver. I call your spirit to come back to life. I just heard it and I did it. Then the brother's hand, the eyes, lifted up and he will fall down. Lift him up. He fall down. And people, the crowd were just somewhere weeping. It was amazing. And even that, the souls we got that day. The souls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The souls we got that day. And I remember after that, a man came, a contractor. He came. He said, Pastor, you are a thief. I said, oh, why? You stole in my tree. I give you two options. Either you allow me to take this tree free of charge, or I'll take you to the police. I said, wait for me. I went to my house and brought anointing oil. And I anointed the tree. I said, without my permission, you can never lift it. If you were a man like me, lift up this tree. He laughed. He said, oh, 
He brought all the documents showing that the, the tree is in his concession. He said, you were joking, pastor. He brought what they call timber jack. I don't know whether you've seen that before. It's, a, it's like it, it has some fork that can lift tree. It started raining. It started raining. Before he could get to the place, about, let me say, about 30 meters to the place, all the ties started sinking. Sunk to the place. And I used to go around and sing. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's a miracle. He brought another one to come and pull. Six of them all lined up. For six months. One day, and it was raining. The man came. Pastor, they inside house. I said, yes, I did. Oh, Pastor, you be my friend. Oh, we know the quarrel. This one not be fight. <laughs> I beg, make you take the tree. Make you release the machine. I go rent them. I did pay. I pay. I pay. Oh, Pastor. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. I said, Mr. Muller, now you admit that the tree is for the roofing of the house of God. I just pray. That, and, and one amazing thing, some of the machines were not even starting at all. Amazing to me. Prayed. I said, Lord, now release them. One by one. That day. One by there were a crowd of people. They started clapping and giving glory to God. The gospel is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. So when we avail ourselves to preach, we are taking the power of God to people. I passed out in a place, they have a certain experience. In Ghana here, we don't have it. They call it winch trip. You know, in the night, you feel, you, you feel that you are being given canes, lashes, and people will be screaming. Winch the whip me, oh, you look at your back, you see mark, but you can't see any cane. And people will come to Christ, just receive Christ, will pray for them, and they are not experiencing that anymore. Because the gospel, it's the power of God. Put your hands together for the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say the gospel is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. After they were come to Mysia, they are said to go to Britannia, but the spirits offered them not. And they passing by Mysia came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over unto Macedonia and help us. Then the last one I'm ending that follow the vision of God when you are preaching the gospel. Vision. God can use vision. To give you directions. Where you should pray. Where even to plant churches. Even where to have crusades. Amen. God can speak to you. Go to this place. 
and preach. So here Paul wanted to preach in other place. But the Spirit suffered him not. That means he was prevented by the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel. He was prevented by the power of God to preach. He went to another place and then the Holy Spirit said, No, you can't preach here. Then in the night, he saw a man from Macedonia come over to Macedonia and help us. And I believe if God by vision is directing you, you shouldn't suffer. But that was not the case. Look at how even the Holy Spirit orchestrated. In fact, preaching the gospel, sometimes you suffer. That's why Paul said, I've suffered imprisonment. I've suffered. If you are preaching and you are not suffering anything, insult me. Hey! Insult. There was a place. My wife and I, we were, affect, we were just saving. God was just bringing people in. Healings were taking place. One day, a certain lady was fighting with somebody and my wife tried to separate. My wife was pregnant. And this girl attacked my wife. Then, all the, you know, they have what they call cortes. You know, they, within towns, they have cortes. All the people started following us. Clapping their teeth, so they've come to Ghana to to take your your kobo kobo. These people, they are tiso tiso, following us and who 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 Amen. We kept quiet. We were going to a house. Still, they were following us. I turn and I look at the girl. As I returned that hooting hundred times you. Three days he went to somebody's farm and stole yams. And over there they have this tradition when you steal in a farm they will naked you. Whether you are a man or woman they will, they, will, they will strip you naked and follow you to police station. And unfortunately this lady was passing through my house in front of my house. One of the girls came and said, Pastor, come and see you. The girl where he hoot you. Hey, the hoot you return. It they work well, well. <laughs> Amen. So, you preach the gospel. Paul, this girl was following them. The demon spirit was, hey, these are the men of God. You see, familiar spirit, they can pretend. When it comes to gospel, when it comes to prophecy, it... Familiar spirit are expert. They will pretend. So the girl wanted to identify with Paul so that the people there will believe after Paul has left, oh, he's one of them. Amen. Paul turned and just commanded the spirit and the demons left. Trouble. They were beaten and put into so the gospel, sometimes I hear people preaching and say, oh, the if the gospel, you have not really suffered for the gospel, you don't know. I have never, in my life, I have never been into self, except by the gospel. No, 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 no. I've never been to self. But I was locked in self. I remember that day when I was self, then I remember you being in prison. Oh, 
Hallelujah. Amen. But you see, what happened? How God, through signs and wonders, delivered them. Through signs and wonders. The prison was shaking. Earthquake. Everything. Because God would do everything to protect and stand by those who will preach the gospel. People will attack you. Demons will attack you. Witches will attack you. I've seen many things. Oh, if I tell you, powerful things, powerful things. My wife was pregnant. A juju man traveled from some place. He said he's one of the powerful kings. Do you think your wife will deliver? I said, yes. I said, let's shake. So I just slapped the hand. My wife was in labor for four days. But God prevailed. She delivered. The following day, the man came. He said, now your own is powerful than mine. So you take me to where your papa take bath you before you come to this place. I said, my papa is Jesus. Just receive Jesus. You have the power of God in you. People are waiting to receive the gospel. When we preach, we have friends and we don't care. Because you cannot preach when you don't have compassion for souls. That is the last thing, compassion. If you don't have compassion, you don't care. Your brother is dying in sins. Your sister is dying in sins. Your relatives, friends you know, people that you know, they are all dying in their sins, but you don't care. Let God open your eyes and see your brothers in hell. Then you have compassion for them. So compassion is the last one I'm talking about. Compassion. Having compassion. Jesus came and he had what? Compassion. Without compassion, sometimes you even judge them. Oh, don't mind them. Amen. One day I went to Mokola, and they were beating a guy that is a thief. And I, I, I stood in, literally. I received some of the beatings at my back. And when I found, the guy only went to ask for prizes in three places. That is all his sins. And today, that guy is in my church. That, because I intervened. So, we are peacemakers. God sent us to save people. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say compassion. Compassion. Let's, let's read the last scripture here. Matthew 14, 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude. And was moved with compassion towards them. And he healed their sick. Compassion. When you see a crowd, have compassion. Look, me when I'm watching football like English Premier League. And I see crowd of people. Or European, this thing. What I think is, are all these people saved? Compassion. 
you go to funeral, you see a crowd of people there. That's the first question. Are all these people saved? You go to your family house and there's a gathering. Ask, are all these people saved? Compassion for souls. Without compassion, the rest, I mean, you, 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 you don't care. Friends are dying and you only sympathize. You see, when you don't have compassion, you replace with sympathy. Oh, he's a nice guy. Oh, oh, oh this, oh, this is my friend. Uh, oh, he, they don't need sympathy. They need what? Compassion. Lift up your hands. I'm praying with you. Precious Lord, I pray. You call us to be partakers of the gospel. That we will preach the gospel everywhere. Eternal Father, in the name of Jesus, I've shared this point with your people. That we may have boldness. And that will allow the Holy Spirit to lead us to places. Who have compassion, ready to suffer for you. As you suffered on the cross, in the name of Jesus, bless your people. Give them a heart of compassion. And may your holy name be glorified. In the name of Jesus. Now, tonight I'm speaking to you here. You want to sow into the crusade of the church. One thing is, if you cannot be part of the gospel, your money can go, your resources. I know a man, all that he does is to sponsor people. To support mission. Tonight I preach this message. But I want to give you opportunity. I was not told to call for any offering or any. But I'm doing this because I know. You know during June 4th. My church we, we were affected. We lost crusade equipment of about $250,000. We've now bought new ones. I could have said, oh, I don't, if they are gone, let me wait. But I know a need. A church that does not believe in missions. A church that does not believe in saving souls. It's a society. I don't call it church. It's a society. Tonight you are here. You said, I will sow into the gospel crusade. Of the church, 2,000 Ghana cities. 2,000 Ghana cities. Just walk up here. I'll pray with you. He said, I will sow into missions, whether the crusade or missions, whatever the leadership of the church. I was not asked to do this, but I, I, I feel in my spirit that you can preach such message. 
and give people opportunity. Not all of us will be able to get involved. You are here, you want to sow into that. 2,000, you want to pledge 2,000 Ghana cities? Just walk in here. 2,000 Ghana cities for crusades to support the church effort in crusade. Please come over here. I want to pray with you. Come over here. I want to encourage you. Just walk down here. It's a bold thing to do. Yes, you want to sow in 2,000 just to support the church effort in crusade. God bless you, brother. Yes, you want to, you want to support this worthy cause. You said, Lord, I want to support this worthy cause. And I believe, maybe because of my job, maybe because of my business, I can't go. But I want to push. I want to have people who will push the gospel afar. I want to have people who will push this afar. Come up here. 2,000. 2,000. Just Let's give 2,000 Ghana cities to support. 2,000. Jesus suffered. Jesus suffered. Amen. If I, I tell you some of the things are suffered because of the gospel, some of you. Yeah. 2,000. You just want to join. You want to join them here. Please come forward and this thing is for something. Sowing a seed. I went to a church in the United States. And when they call for missionary, you see six year old coming forward. And I said, wow. I said, wow. I want to pray with you. Yes, who is joining? Anyone is joining? Now, you said you can do for 2,000. You want to do for 1,000. Just come. 1,000 Ghana cities to support this. Thousand Ghana cities to support this. You want to do for thousand Ghana cities to support this. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Said I want to support the crusader fort of the church. So that we send people. It takes money. I remember my last crusade I had at Erubo. A bus. Gospel. The angel. Blah. Everything. Spend a whole lot of money. Yes. Anyone joining for 1,000 Ghana cities? 1,000 Ghana cities? Let me pray. Father, we pray. We touch them in the name of Jesus for the compassion for souls. They have made themselves available that by your spirit, Lord, touch the area they also need you. And manifest yourself, Lord. And I command that you, God, will restore according to your word. Bless them for the obedience and support. Open door for them in business, in job, in profession. Let them know that those who are partakers of the gospel also have a portion to share. I bless you with the blessings of the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You make it. Please, if you are writing a check, you write the name of the church. You write Covenant Family Church. You know, or you present it to um, senior minister or the ministers here. You want to solve 500. You say, I can't do it for 1,000. 
I want to do it for 500. I want to do it for 500. I want to do it for 500. Yes, you want to do it for 500. Just come up here. You want to do it for 500. Just come. Do you have some envelopes here? So that I give them envelopes. Yes. Um, they're coming to church. They just write their checks and bring it. Yes. Uh-huh. Make sure you give each and every one. Those who came here, uh, this one is not going to church building. It's going to specifically to what? Missions. Amen. Yeah, you can use this. Um, yeah, take those. Please share among those who came here. Lift up your hand. Those who came. Yes. Pick, picked one here. Picked. Yes, you want to do for 300. You want to do for 300 or 200. You say, I can do it for 300 or 200. I can do it for 300 or 200. Please. I can do it for 300 or 200. To support missions. To support missions. To support missions. To support missions. Yes. You say, I can do it for 300 or 200 Ghana. Missions. 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 I went to a church in the United States, California. There's a place called... um, Leicester. There's a place called Leicester. That's where they have their measles. And the church of about 2,000, they were all white. I was the only black. And when I ministered with what God did, one old woman gave a testimony and said, he'd been supporting missions to Africa. And he'd been praying to God. You know, I gave that woman a certain prophecy. And it confirmed what he's been praying all this time. And the support. Amen. Yeah, you want to give hundred. Hundred. Yes, you want to sow in hundred. Hundred. Yes, hundred. Just hundred. Then I'll pray and I'll, I'll, I will hand over. Let's begin now. When, these days when you are going to work, one of the strategies, get some trucks in your car. If you give somebody lift. If even you cannot preach, you give that person a track. Even you can't preach, you are a mumu Christian, you can't talk. Give, yeah, Nigerians will say mumu, you know, just give a track. Or one of the tricks also, you slot in a cassette, somebody's in your car, then the preaching is going on. We must find every way, you know. And the reason why Jesus called us fishers of men. You don't fish. How many of you, you know, I started going uh, for fishing at the age of six. So I know all the tricks in fishing. Amen. Have you seen anybody going to fishing with a naked hook? Eh? Naked hook? Eh? The hook, no bait. Have you seen it? Let's pray. Father, we pray for this ones. We bless you, O God Almighty, in the name of Jesus. May your spirit and may your anointing come upon them and bless them according to your word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you for your obedience.
Amen. Now listen. You don't fish. The reason why Jesus used the word fishers of men is you don't fish with a naked hook. Your hook must have what? A bait. And the same way we as believers, sometimes you use healing as a bait. To somebody, I was preaching to somebody uh, I gave him money. He received Christ. In fact, when we cross, he was following me everywhere. And he was, some people need a bait. But some of us, we, we want to fish with naked hook. Somebody start telling you about the trouble he's having. It's a bait. Quickly, you chip in. Let's go to my pastor. God will do something. If my pastor pray, something will happen. This issue. That's how. Bait. So Jesus called us fishes of men. Problems are bait. May God give us wisdom. May God open our eyes. Amen.